This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey there. On this Wednesday, 4th day of October 2023, what is going on, everybody? Dan Grosser Show live and in living color. 98.7 ESPN. Taking a run up until 7.30. Yeah, I know. Just like last night. 60 minutes. So light up them phones now at 800-919-3776. Once again, we'll be leading you right into... Marlins Phillies playoff baseball a game number two if the Phils win they are moving on to take on the Atlanta Braves if the Marlins win well we got a game number three tomorrow and let me just get out in front of this thing right now still have no idea if we're going to have a show tomorrow night and it's all contingent upon what happens the rest of the day with these baseball games if there is at least one game tomorrow in the major leagues unfortunately we don't have a show if the Twins hang on and win this game, and they're winning 2 nothing right now. And if the Phillies win tonight, and if the Arizona Diamondbacks win tonight, and all the series are sweeps, then we'll have a full show for you tomorrow. So just got to watch the games, and of course, we'll let you know they're on the old social media. At Dan Grasa, by the way, G-R-A-C-A. We got Harvey, we got Joe, they're producing the program, and boy, a lot of things to pack into the next 60 minutes, and... You figured that football was going to be the topic of conversation anyway, right? Because the Jets and the Giants are back to work. Giants off of that miserable performance on Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks getting ready for the Dolphins. Jets, meantime, gearing up for the Hackett Bowl, which had a lot more flair to it back in the summertime, right? When the Sean Payton comments first went viral and, you know, Nathaniel Hackett's response and more so Aaron Rodgers' response. And unfortunately for everybody involved, Aaron Rodgers isn't part of the game. Otherwise, you know full well that they would have probably gone into Denver this week and tried to put up 80 points on the Broncos for those comments. But nevertheless, they'll try to do the same. But Zach Wilson will be piloting the offense instead of Aaron Rodgers. And we'll get into that a little bit later on here. Plus all the baseball stuff. And how about the Mets? Congrats to the Mets, by the way. Three days after their season ended, they actually found themselves in the win column again today, which is really, really rare. So Buck Showalter gets a parting gift on his way out the door, another victory in his back pocket. But we got to start with the football here today and the Giants. And last night, look, we spent the entire show lambasting this football team, and rightfully so for the way that they played, not just Monday night, but the way that they played really all season long with the exception of a half against the Arizona Cardinals. And so you're letting the dust settle, and then you're trying to turn the page and realize, all right, well, can't get any worse at least, although who knows at this point. Because you're going into Miami to take on a Dolphins team, which suffered their first loss, and they got absolutely smoked by the Buffalo Bills on Sunday afternoon. And you know that they're going to want to get their offense back on track specifically. And then Evan Neal, who's played all of what? one year and four weeks as an NFL player and who hasn't exactly lived up to the draft stock when he was a top 10 pick out of the University of Alabama last year, right? He hasn't exactly wowed so far in his NFL career, all of 17 games under his belt. And he was not good on Monday night. And mind you, you know, if you're living in this what-have-you-done-for-me-lately world, this is a Giants offensive line which gave up 11 sacks last night to the, the Seattle Seahawks. The most sacks surrendered in any game so far 
in the National Football League this season. How many games have there been in the NFL? 16, 32, 40. 64 games have been played in the NFL this year. The Giants had the worst pass-blocking performance out of any of the 64 games so far here in 2023. So Evan Neal decides to hold court with Daryl Slater of NJ.com. And good job by Daryl, you know. Not necessarily that he had to poke and prod and bait Evan Neal into saying these things. But in regards to the crowd reaction in that game Monday night at MetLife Stadium, and look, they were letting the Giants hear it, and rightfully so, because I think anybody who pays their hard-earned money, within reason, they're not going to be satisfied with the way this team played Monday night and how they haven't played well all season long so far. So Evan Neal, in response to that, says they were booing us, so boo louder. Boo louder, but he took it a step further today. Talking about the critics, he said, why would a lion concern himself with the opinion of a sheep? The person that's commenting on my performance, what does he do? Flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere? That just further shows that people are fair weather. A lot of fans are bandwagoners. I mean, I get it. They want to see us perform well, and I respect all that, but no one wants us to perform more well than we do. And how can you say you're really a fan when we're out there battling our asses off and the game wasn't going well, but the best you can do is boo your home team. So how much of a fan are you really? Now, obviously, obviously, he'd like to walk those comments back. Because you're throwing shade at somebody else when you're in a position where you really shouldn't be throwing shade at anybody. Right? Because... Evan Neal has not exactly been the second coming of Anthony Munoz so far as an NFL player. And this comes 48 hours after the fact the Giants played as bad a game on the offensive line as maybe any offensive line has played all season long in the NFL. On national TV in prime time. You ever hear the expression, lay low? Maybe this was the best time to lay low instead of attacking your fan base. Now, look, I get it. You could sit here and make excuses and say, oh, well, you know what? He's not that seasoned. He doesn't have a lot of experience. You know, he's only two years into the NFL. He just doesn't get it yet. He doesn't understand the New York marketplace and the demanding fans. Hey, remember something. Evan Neal went to college where? He went to college at the University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa, where everybody in that community eats, breathes, and sleeps the Crimson Tide, right? 365 days a year. Alabama football is God there. It is religion. It is the only thing. And they don't boo. When things are going bad, they're shell-shocked more than anything else. But if you're a a member of that football team, and especially a star player, All-American, whatever, top draft choice, you don't even have to pay for a meal as long as you're down in Tuscaloosa. You are a God. You are a king. So I guarantee you that all the years he's been playing down in Alabama, he never had to hear any gripes from the fan base. And nobody ever sitting there booing or throwing shade because it's everybody for Alabama down there. Now you come up to New York and you've got giant fans. You've got Jet fans. Hell, New York City, biggest city in the world, you've got fans of probably all 32 teams that are living here in this community, right? And now you're more open. You're out there. So you're going to feel some of those slings and arrows necessarily. And especially when you don't play well, you think that Evan Neal ever struggled like this when he was playing in Alabama? And that those offensive lines performed as bad as they did 
like you saw the Giants the other night? Really? They had a lot of those games? Not really. Like, how about never? So that's rule number one, okay? When you try to attack your fan base and you try to tack on the hundreds of thousands fans that the Giants have, not just the ones that go to the games, okay, the ones that don't go to games, the ones that sit on their couch, the ones that support the team from afar, the ones that have been Giant fans all the way back to the Yankee Stadium days, Giant fans. When you try to attack the entire group, you will lose. You will lose seven days a week and twice on Sundays. It's a battle not even worth waging. And I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Lawrence Taylor, the greatest giant of all time, or if you're somebody that can't figure out football when they step out on the field. Like you looked the other night with Evan Neal and the rest of his offensive line. You're not going to win that battle. And another reminder to a guy like Evan Neal and any other professional athlete that wants to take on the fan base, remember something. Without the fans, without their support, without the crazy, ridiculous dollar figures that they contribute to support your lifestyle, you ain't having your lifestyle. You're not. You're not. You know, I saw something earlier today that Gary Bettman, who's the commissioner of the National Hockey League, right? Gary Bettman on a conference call said that they're leaning towards upping the salary cap for the National Hockey League next season somewhere in the neighborhood of like $86, $87 million or something like that. Okay, that's great. Think about that for a second, guys. That's the cap for an entire team in the mid-'80s. NFL, you've got guys who in some cases, and their quarterbacks, making like $50 million a year. So if Evan Neal and anybody in his situation wants to complain about the fan base and maybe just wants them to shoo-shoo and go away, well, guess what? If people don't pay crazy money to go support your games in person, if they're not watching on TV like the millions and millions that do consume the NFL on a week-in, week-out basis, guess what? The revenue stream is not going to be there. The NFL is not going to be in a position to print money like they do, so you're not going to be able to take home a paycheck. You and your buddies in that locker room like you do each and every Friday during the season. It's as simple as that. It's really simple math. Simple math. But when you're a young kid coming into the league, you don't understand those things. Right? Because you are a college athlete who is the big man on campus, and then you come up to a place like New York, and you're the small fish in a big pond this time. And especially if you don't know how to swim, which is apparently the case for anybody that plays on the giant offensive line these days. So that's my friendly advice to Evan Neal. Look, you know that I don't have a dog in the fight. I could care less, right? But if you want to take on the hardworking folks, and look, it costs a lot to go to games, a lot, okay? Parking, gas, the aggravation that you have to go through, sitting in traffic, Going into the stadium, you want to buy food, you want to buy concessions, you want to buy merchandise, whatever the hell you want to buy, it's going to cost you. And sometimes the average Joe can't afford to take his family of four maybe to a football game. And maybe if he scraps and saves and gets enough together, maybe as a treat, they go to one game a year. And they're going to go to the game and watch that crap product that they've been putting on the field so far this season. And you know what? They can exercise their right to boo. It doesn't say on the back of the ticket that you cannot boo. Don't throw things. 
Don't make it personal. But if you boo, you're dissatisfied. Remember, fans boo because they want you to succeed. They want you to win. They're as angry, they're as frustrated as probably those guys are out on the field. They're not the problem. The problem is in the locker room. The problem is on the other side of that mirror, looking right back at you. That's the problem, not the fans. Boy, maybe it's a good thing the Giants are on the road the next two weeks. That's just my guess. Huh? What do you think? 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. I tell you, thinking about the Giants, like we were joking about this before the show, it, it, it's almost like last year never even happened. It really is. It's almost like we went from Joe Judge at the end of 2021, skipped right over 2022, and now we're right back here like living in the Joe Judge Giants world again. But there's somebody else masquerading on the sidelines as the head coach. It is amazing how they went from the penthouse to the outhouse just like that. Just like that. You're losing games on the field, and now you're really working hard to try to lose off the field. And that is a dangerous combination, especially in this city. And it's a battle you're not going to win because the fans are one thing. The media is a whole other story. And if you're not going to have the results on the field, it is open season, whether you like it or not. That's why some people don't want to play in New York, right? That's why some players don't want any part of this city because they know it could be tough. The fans, the press, whoever it is, and you're going to hear about it. You know, some people would rather go play in a city like St. Louis where they're going to cheer you regardless. Whether you win by 10, whether you lose by 10, they're still going to clap for you. There's never going to be anything critical said about you. This city, different. you got to have thick skin. And Evan Neal's going to learn a real, real, real important lesson early on in his career here. And if you're the Giants, you hope he learns from it, and you hope he gets better from it. Because I don't care if you're out there and you haven't given up a sack yet in two years. You still don't take on your fan base like that. Because the people that have been Giant fans have been Giant fans longer than Evan Neal's even been alive and even knew that the New York Giants even existed, much less put on the uniform. And they're going to be here long after Evan Neal takes off that Giant uniform for the last time. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Get as many calls in as we can. Remember, we're only on until 7.30 tonight. Then it's playoff baseball. We'll have a few thoughts on the postseason so far. How about the Tampa Bay Rays? Boy, so much for that 13-0 start to the season. Remember that once upon a time? 13-0, they were 23-6 at one point to begin the year. You know, stuff like that happens, and then you're out of the playoffs in two days. You sit there and wonder, why do we even bother talking about baseball in the month of April? Does the first month even matter at all when you have a case like Tampa Bay who gets off to, like, the best start you could get off to and their season's over like that? Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're talking Giants. Evan Neal putting his foot in his mouth today, taking on the entire Giant fan base, throwing some shade at burger flippers all over the world. You know, I was thinking about this, too. Where's the beef? Let's. I, I would love a burger right now, by the way. I'm starving. Um, if you're a Giant fan and a burger fan, let's say you show up to go watch the Giants play. Like, let's say you went to the game Monday night, right? And you watch that product they put out there on the field. You're not going to be too happy, right? Evan Neal, the rest of his teammates, everything. Not going to leave you satisfied. But let's say... Whether it's the next day, whether it's on the way home from the game, maybe you want to grab a bite, grab a burger, you go to your favorite burger joint. There's somebody there that's going to be making the food for you, right? And you're going to enjoy the hell out of the burger. So that person making the burger probably brings you more joy and more satisfaction to your day-in, day-out life than freaking Evan Neal does on Sundays or Mondays. So that's where he's got to check himself. Nothing like a good burger. And I'll tell you what, even if it's a mediocre burger, I'll get more satisfaction out of a mediocre average hamburger than I do watching some guy play right tackle who don't look like he knows what the hell he's doing, who's basically the human turnstile right now. Right? I think you'd agree with me, too. Let's go to the phones. 800-919-3776. Tommy's in Connecticut. He bats leadoff for us here on 98.7 ESPN. Tom, how are you? Daniel, good evening, buddy. Thomas, so, Har- what's the word? So Harvey gave me a, a very good, uh, I, I would say, an accurate representation because I asked him how, <laughs> what is the likelihood that uh, Greeny will pick Donnie's rant on Evan Neal tomorrow? And he gave me between 99 and 105%. So what do you think about that? I would say maybe closer to 103. That's probably like where I'm thinking right now, but probably in that window for sure. And, and also, you know, shame on Evan Neal. Does he know that they, they serve burgers in MetLife Stadium? <laughs> yes, they do. And you know what? They're good ones, too. They're really good. They're, they're, I mean, they're expensive, but they're good. But, uh, you know, just I, what, what a shame. I, I, I hate it. You know, I, I, don't even, I, I don't know where to put the, the blame, whether, whether it's Shane, whether it's John Mara needs to do something. Just something needs to happen because you can't be having people do that. Tom, it's a, like I said earlier, and I thank you for the phone call, my friend. It's almost like all the goodwill that this organization generated last year. And we were all drinking the giant Kool-Aid last year, right? They were one of the best stories in the NFL, if not the best story. Dayball coach of the year. Came out of nowhere. Didn't really have a lot of talent on that team. And they were winning games with smoke and mirrors. You're like, how are they winning these games? Schedule was a little bit conducive. I get it. But they go all the way to the playoffs. They win a playoff game. You know, maybe they got the right matchup in the first round. That's all well and good, but they still won a playoff game. How do you go from that to this in this short amount of time? Like, you didn't even lose anybody. That was, like, super significant personnel-wise from last year's team to where, like, oh, well, you missed them. You know, this isn't like the Green Bay Packers losing Aaron Rodgers and making a transition at quarterback. What, Julian Love? Like, was maybe, like, their biggest loss in terms of personnel from last season to this season? That's it? The roster is better on paper. But now, when you factor in all this off-the-field garbage, I mean, what is going on? 
And even if the Giants were 3-1, and one, as opposed to 1-3 and three where they are right now, if you're going to take on the fans, good luck. Good luck. Emily in L.A. up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Emily, how are you? Oh, man. It's, uh, it's real out here. I'm a New York Giants fan in L.A. And we've actually got our own Giants bar out here. Shout out to O'Brien's Pub in Santa Monica. There you Monica. go, O'Brien's. How are the burgers? And you know what? They're delicious. I could eat it off the bathroom floor. I could eat it <laughs> off the bathroom floor, and I'd have a better time than watching Evan Neal, who I'm having, like, blackout flashbacks watching Eric Flowers demolish Eli. It's like the definition of insanity is repeating the same thing and expecting different results, right? Yep, yep, yep. And we keep talking about Daniel Jones, how we're not going to know who this guy is. He's not our guy. Is he our guy? It really doesn't matter who you put there because you're just never going to know if you don't fix that issue. You could get a new quarterback in the draft next year or in two years. If you put them behind this line, what are, you, what are we expecting? And I'm not saying he's not to blame. But he's kind of at the bottom of my list. And it's also a coaching issue. For me, I mean, I said when I called in, the honeymoon is kind of over with Dable. You've gone four weeks now showing up completely unprepared. And football, it's a game of talent. It's also a game of effort. I'm watching these guys tackle like they're half asleep. Well, wait till, Emily, wait till this week's game. I said it on the show last night, and I thank you for the phone call. You get back to us. You want to talk about bad tackling, which you saw in droves in that game against the Seattle Seahawks? All right? You are playing the wrong team at the wrong time coming up this Sunday if you're not going to wrap up and bring guys down because Miami will eat you alive. With their speed, they make a living off the yards after catch. They make a living off of it. So if you are not wrapping up, you are going to get boat raced out of that stadium on Sunday. You might as well go have a boat trip before the game, right? You might have more fun there than you will in the stadium on Sunday once that game kicks off. Here's the bottom line. There's a lot of people you could point the finger at, and I'm sure that collectively they're all going to absorb the blame for how this season has started. And I know that there's already this like kind of prevailing thought that's out there that Dayball might be morphing into like the second coming of Ben McAdoo. Remember, Ben McAdoo made the playoffs his first year, and then everything got steadily, steadily worse. I'm not ready to go there just yet. I'm not. All right? I believed in the direction this team was going with Shane and Dayball. I'm not going to go all McAdoo yet. Others can. I still reserve judgment. I have that right. And San Francisco is a machine. They're the best team in the NFL. And you went out there shorthanded. I didn't expect anything different. Dallas, as we know, they're a real, real good team. Still shouldn't get shut out 40 to nothing in your building. All right, you give him a pass for that one. Arizona, who isn't really that good of a team, you sleptwalk through the first half, and somehow, some way, you pulled that one out of your rear end in the second half. But that game on Monday night, Seattle is far from elite. That is not the Legion of Boom. That is not a championship-caliber team. And you would have thought it was that defense that came in there and shut you down completely and essentially embarrassed you. And how come this team just does not show up in the first half of games? 77-9 to in four games in the first half. Who is that on? Can't blame the players entirely, can you? This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Whether we have a show tomorrow night, well, 
contingent on the rest of the baseball for the remainder of the day. Remember, if we get any baseball game tomorrow, then unfortunately we don't get a show. But if all these series end in sweeps, then we'll have our normal show tomorrow night coming up at 6.30 right after TMKS. So check your local listings, check your scoreboards, check whatever it is that you usually do. And get me at Twitter, at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. Talking Giants there in the open. And as far as the Jets are concerned, and we'll do more of this you know, as we move forward through the week, definitely on the Big Football Friday show. But now it's the Hackett Bowl. Getting ready for the Denver Broncos. And look, I understand Denver's a tough place to play, altitude and everything, but Jets went in there last year and didn't really play a great game and beat a bad Bronco team. Unfortunately, that was also the game that Brees Hall and AVT got hurt with their season-ending injuries. But Brees Hall's back. Robert Salas said today that Brees Hall is no longer on a pitch count. He is healthy. He's 100%. He's ready to go. So you can expect maybe 25 to 30 touches for him as soon as this week against Denver. Bottom line is, can they carry over all the good vibes and the positives that you saw from that game against the Kansas City Chiefs, mostly on the offensive side of the ball, starting with the quarterback? Now, he's going to talk to the media tomorrow. I'm going to head on out to Florham Park myself to do my weekly duties. And you just want to see a continuation, that confidence. You want to see somebody out there just letting it rip and not being gun-shy and squeezing that ball into tight windows and just having trust in what he's seeing like you saw in that game on Sunday. On the biggest stage there was, primetime, Sunday night football against the defending champs. There's no reason why this shouldn't carry over. All right, you're going up against the Broncos team that in the last two weeks has given up 98 points. 98 points. This team should move the football. And before you really go over the top and, you know, before you start thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe they could make something of this and everything, you need to see consistency, right? We were talking about it in the postgame show on Sunday night, or maybe it was Monday morning, how late we were there. Do it again. Okay, that was great. Now do it again. And that's what the good ones do. They're consistent. They string multiple games together back to back to back to where it looks like, all right, they got this thing figured out. It can't be you play one good game and then you go out there and you're scratching your head for the next two, three weeks saying, where was that guy that we saw on Sunday night? No, do it again, right? This is a game the Jets have to have. If they're going to make anything of this season, if they're going to hang around this wild card race in the AFC, they have to beat the Denver Broncos. You already feel bad that you let one against New England get away from you because the Patriots aren't a good football team. Go out there and beat the Broncos. Get to two and three, and then you come back home, one left before the bye, and you get the Philadelphia Eagles coming in. Eagles are a really, really good team, but the Eagles are keeping teams in games this year. It's almost like they're daring teams to beat them. Three out of their four wins this year have all been by one score. You saw Sunday, Washington, they needed overtime. They gave up a game-tying touchdown in the last play of the game at home. Okay? Eagles could be beat, but don't worry about Philadelphia yet. Take care of the crummy Broncos and shut Sean Payton up. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let us say hi to Cody and Rockland. Up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Cody, how are you? Hey, good, Dan. How are you? Good evening. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, excellent. Listen, listen I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm a Dable fan. I was thrilled with him last year, as every Giants fan was. I still think he's our guy, but I, I'm just I'm confused with his you know, usage of Jalen Hyatt, the, the first 
first off. I mean, I, I think he's probably our most electric player behind Barkley, who's been injured. And it seems like he's banished on the depth chart of a mediocre wide receiver. Well, he so got I, he got I, reps the other night, though, Cody. He he was out on the field. They just did. couldn't get him the ball. He, he they, they weren't getting him the ball, which I, I think the easy to point finger to point is at the abysmal offensive line. But I, they're not giving him looks. I don't I don't know. Every time they throw him the ball, he seems to make plays in the preseason and when he's gotten you know balls thrown his way this year. But it, I, I just think they need to do a better job of getting him the ball. Well, yeah, absolutely, because he's a playmaker, and you saw in that Arizona game that one big catch he had early in the third quarter. That kind of switched the momentum of the football game. Those, that's why they drafted him, right? That's why they wanted to incorporate him in this offense, give Daniel Jones a weapon to work with in the passing game, in addition to Darren Waller. And, and Cody, thanks for the phone call. And like I said last night, speaking of Waller, nobody was more geeked up than I was bringing him onto this football team and helping out this offense. But then when you saw what happened on Monday night, that the offensive line is so bad and they can't keep the opposing team off of the quarterback that Darren Waller, who is your best weapon in the passing game, they got to keep him in to chip and block, which then negates him in the passing game. It, 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 it's like, gosh, I couldn't imagine this happening. I couldn't. But that's where we are. Charlie is in Beth Page. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing great, Dan. I just want to say I love your show, and you're one of my favorites uh, on the radio. So thanks for taking my call. Charlie, I appreciate you, man. Very nice. What's going on? Same here. I'm a diehard Jet fan. I just want to make a comment, and I'm going to ask a question, and I'll, I'll hang up. Yeah. Um, bleed, green, bleed green and white. And when I saw Zach on, on, uh, on Sunday play, he played awesome. I mean, he looked like it was, it was uh, Aaron Rodgers out there for a little while. But but his some of his receivers I, I replayed all of his uh, a shortened um, uh, a video of him and some of the balls that he threw to his receivers were well thrown balls and there were, there were a couple drops there there could have been a whole different game now I'm optimistic and hopeful that he's going to continue to uh, to uh, to improve and move forward I agree Denver's a must win now here's a question I have for you mm-hmm. how much time do you think he gets? I think he's bought himself at least to the Giant game. But what are your thoughts there? How, what, what do you think? Well, nothing is going to happen at all, at the very least, until the, the – the, the, he, he'll be the quarterback this week and next week. I, I mean, not, and then they go into the bye week. I mean, nothing is happening. So unless he goes out there and throws, you know, four interceptions against the Broncos and then you have, like, another disaster against the Eagles like it was against the New England Patriots and the offense is not functioning in any way, well, then they're going to reevaluate things at the bye week, just like they would any facet of this football team, right? You have the week off, it gives you a chance to take a step back and examine everything in the operation, the offense, the defense, the special teams, the menu in the cafeteria, what you have to change. Maybe the Jets should call the Giants and get Evan Neal on the phone and see how he feels about, you know, the quality of the people making the food. I'm sure he's got some strong opinions. Look, this is I understand it's not the sexiest matchup this week as far as around the NFL. Like I like the first few weeks of the season, right? Basically like every game that the 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 Jets have played this year, it's been what? The two on national TV and then the two that they played on CBS, it's Nance and Romo doing the games. Well, guess what? Nance and Romo aren't doing Jets Broncos. They might have done Jets Broncos if Aaron Rodgers was playing. And it was Aaron Rodgers and Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett is the big storyline, but Rodgers isn't there, so unfortunately you don't get the A-team. But still, that doesn't mean that this isn't a big game. 
Because if you're a Jet fan, even though you lost last week, this has got to be probably one of the more intriguing games that you've had here in quite a while as far as Zach Wilson is concerned because you saw the glimmer of it. You saw that it's in there, and it was unleashed on Sunday night. Can you do it one more time? And that's why fans are going to be tuning in Sunday at 425. And first, you're going to be tuning in at 225 on this very radio station, Buttle and myself, for the pregame show to get you ready. Great guest this week, by the way, too. Oh, 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 great guests for the pregame. Great guests. Jose is in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jose, how you doing? Good afternoon, Mr. Graza. Shout out to the company. I'm calling because, you know, I couldn't hide all week. You know, I wasn't going to, you know, be one of those callers that disappear when Zach Wilson has a good week. So I got to go. Yeah, but Jose, I know you, okay? Mm -hmm. I know (laughs) deep down, you know what you are? You're like the Giant fan. You're like the Giant fan that's booing Evan Neal and booing the Giants. You're frustrated, but deep down, you want them to do well. You want him to succeed. So you were actually thrilled on Sunday night, even though the team didn't win the game. Oh, yeah, I I was thrilled. And the reason I was thrilled, because he did show a representative performance. He was very good. You know, the fumble, you know what, it happens. I I cannot tell you, like, you know, I, I cannot tell you how many times Justin Herbert has some of those dopey plays, but, you know, he gets excused for it because he has the nice long blonde hair and he whips the ball real fast around everybody, but yet he can't win a big game. So, you know, that, you know, those, those, you know so I get, I get, I'm not going to bang on him too hard. When he had a very good game, and to me, what I was telling Joe, you know, yeah, he did win me over in that press conference because it was like when you show it, you know, year by year, it's two totally different people, and it's a person that kind of understands what it is to be in the locker room and, and, you know, work with others. My hope is, is, yes, we do have to win this Denver game. To me, this game, for any chance, for any chance of the season, this is a must-win game. Like, I don't want to hear it. Russell Wilson has, even though he's played well, their defense is horrendous. If their defense somehow holds us, then there's a problem there. But I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. I want to be optimistic. I know you know me. My, my pessimistic heart is not seeing it. I, I, I think that this is an anomaly. But all I can do as a Jet fan is hope, and that's what I want to do. But I'm not going to go as delusional as you know. Yeah, you know, you know who, who, who the Zach Wilson truthers are. The guys that call in saying he was five and two and all of that not nonsense when we all know we were winning in spite of him. I'm not going to be that delusional, but no. I do want the kid to succeed. Oh, and, and, Jose, here's the thing, and I thank you for the phone call, okay? And if you just rewind the last two years, off the top of my head, whenever Zach has had a good game, now, you know, the Tennessee game is rookie year, um, Jacksonville game is rookie year, Last year, the Pittsburgh game in the fourth quarter, he played well. Played well in the um, the Buffalo game for the most part that they won. I'm just thinking off the top of my head. The game, the Tampa Bay game is rookie year, which I thought was one of the best games he's played up until this week. They haven't ever been back-to-back weeks, right? He's never taken really a good performance and then carried it over into the next Sunday like you expect the good ones, the reliable ones to do. That's why, like I said, the anticipation for this should be through the roof if you're a Jet fan. Because in a lot of ways, and I don't want to put too much pressure on just one game, 
In a lot of ways, the rest of this season, whatever is going to happen with the Jets, it hinges on this game on Sunday. It's not even so much just about winning the game. I do actually think there's a rare, unique case that style points could apply for this one. Because, yes, you need to win the game, but you also need the offense to play well again. An offense that you're going up against the unit that gave up 100 points the last two games. They should be able to move the football here. Because you need a productive offense if you are going to make your way and get some wins the rest of the year. Once this schedule lightens up after you get through Philadelphia in the bye week. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. In case you're just joining us, Tampa Bay Rays season is over. They get swept out of the playoffs by the Texas Rangers. Texas wins 7-1 to earlier today. They win the two games by a combined score of 11-1. to So here's Tampa Bay. Remember, 13-0 to start the season, 23-6. Didn't win the AL East. They're done in two days, lose both games at home. And I'll tell you something. They laid the foundation. I didn't mention this yesterday. They laid the foundation for this early playoff exit. Did you notice what uniforms the Rays were wearing yesterday? They wore the throwback Devil Rays uniforms. Now, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, when they were an expansion team that came in the league, were the laughing stock of baseball pretty much for a decade when they were known as the Devil Rays. Nothing good happened to the Devil Rays. They finished in last place nine of the ten years they were known as the Devil Race. They topped out at 70 wins in those ten years. What happened? They got rid of Devil. They became the Rays in 2008. And what happened? The first year they got rid of the Devil Race. They went to the World Series. So why would you tempt fate like that? You want to wear them during the regular season on occasion? Fine, which they did. But why would you wear them for a playoff game? I mean, just little things like that. Like, why mess with the baseball gods? The baseball gods hated you for a decade when you were the Devil Rays. So now they have all offseason to think about that. And more important, look, Tampa Bay, they had so many losses to their starting rotation. Three guys needed Tommy John surgery. It's a lot to overcome. You know, the organization is well run. They find ways to piece it all together. But, you know, this is now how many straight losses for them in the playoffs, right? They can't figure this thing out in the postseason, and unfortunately, that's what you're judged by. Seven straight losses in the playoffs for Tampa Bay, and they've scored two runs total in their last four playoff games. Not good enough. And Texas, who kind of limped to the finish line, squandered the AL West. They had to go in as the wild card. They now go up to Baltimore to begin a series with the Orioles coming up on Saturday. How about the Texas uh, travel schedule over the last couple of weeks? So last week... They are in Anaheim to play three with the Halos, so they fly out there. Then they have to fly up the West Coast to Seattle to play four games against the Mariners over the weekend just to get into the playoffs. Then they have to zigzag from Seattle all the way across the country down to Tampa to play two games. Now they get on a plane and go up east to Baltimore for the weekend. Hey, you know what? You want to win a World Series, sometimes those are things you got to do, but Texas... Uh, they've been all over the map here in the last couple of weeks. Toronto, meantime, they are three outs away from getting a premature trip to the golf course. A lot earlier than probably a lot of people expected. I had the Blue Jays in the World Series, me and a lot of others at the beginning of the season, but they are going meekly into the night. They scored one run yesterday. They're getting shut out today. They can't get a big hit with runners in scoring position. They left eight guys on base. 
that Toronto team is way too talented to be scoring one run in a couple of games. And look at who's shutting them out today, right? Sonny Gray started, went five shutout innings, the former Yankee. Um, and then the bullpen has continued to slam the door shut here. Six pitchers that Minnesota's used today. And Toronto hasn't been able to scratch the scoreboard. So Minnesota could be moving on three more outs. And we'll see what happens here with Arizona and Milwaukee. Gallon is going for the D-backs tonight. That is their ace, okay, because they had to use their top pitchers last weekend just to make the playoffs. So last night they went with a guy and fought the youngster, and they still won the game in Milwaukee. So now you go for the kill, and you're giving the ball to your ace pitcher, Edge, Arizona, Throw in the fact Brandon Woodruff would normally have started this game for Milwaukee, but he's on the shelf with a shoulder injury. So season on the line, they got to give the ball to Freddie Peralta, who's good. He's capable. He's an all-star pitcher, but he would have felt a lot better with Woodruff. We'll see if Milwaukee can get back into the series and uh, force a game number three, which would be coming up tomorrow. Let us say hi to Cullum in the Bronx, who was up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Cullum, how you doing? Good, Dan. Good evening. Shout out to the company. Um, I just wanted to say this. I was trying to get on earlier in the earlier in the week. A lot of the shows have been extremely busy with all the with all the conversations and talks. Mm-hmm. I've I've looked back at these four weeks. We'll call it the first quarter of the season. The New York Giants are the worst team in football for the first quarter of the season. People Bears can make an argument and make a case. Maybe the Maybe you know the, the Bears, Bears are worse. Maybe the Broncos. The Bears are worse. But if the if the Bears played the New York Giants on Monday Night Football with that offensive line and what the Giants were putting together, the Bears were going to beat them. There's no doubt in my mind. The Giants are the worst team, and I'm I'm a diehard fan. I'm taking all of my emotion out of this year at this point, which is devastating. I don't care what they do at this point. I'll watch the games. I'll enjoy if they do well, if they do whatever, whatever the case may be. The season is done. And here's the craziest statement you'll probably hear. <laughs> the most stable and consistent franchise this year right now is the New York Knicks. <laughs> In the major sports of baseball. Bing bong. All four major sports. They're the most stable franchise. Cullum, Cullum, you know what? You might be right, my friend, and I thank you for the phone call. How about that? And when was the last time you'd be able to say something like that? Basketball season will be here before you know it. I still say the Bears, like the Giants, it hasn't been a good week. All right? Bears are a mess. Bears have already had the whole Justin Fields having to put out fires. Remember, the Bears' defensive coordinator had his house raided by the FBI two weeks into the season and had to step away. You have the Chase Claypool situation, which is a disaster. Right. And oh, by the way, you realize the Bears have gone 14 straight games, allowing at least 25 or more points. That's never been happened. That's never done been done before in NFL history. Bears are awful, awful. So, I mean, that's what the Giants are shooting for. You want to be in the Bears category? I don't think so. Um, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Also, I said earlier in the show that congratulations to the Mets. They won a game. You remember that rain game from last week against the Marlins that was suspended that maybe they were going to have to come back on Monday? Well, Major League Baseball ruled that the Mets indeed won that game because they said the two runs that the Marlins scored in the top of the ninth didn't count because they didn't execute a full inning. So the Mets ended up winning that game one nothing. They get credit for the W. 
So, there you go. Yeah. Yep. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. They won a game during playoff week. Yeah. And that's basically all you can hang your hat on if you're a Mets fan, at least until next year. Anyway, we're out of time. Like I said, if there's any baseball tomorrow, we have no show, unfortunately. But if all these series end in sweeps, we'll be with you at 6.30 right after TMKS. Thanks to Joe. Thanks to Harvey. Gross is saying good night on 98.7 ESPN. Don't you regret not coming to the next? <laughs>